Hello and welcome to the Free Gift Podcast, originating from the Free Gift Gospel Mission. The Free Gift Gospel Mission is an independent Bible-believing church preaching Jesus Christ as man's only provision for redemption and salvation. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, on the corner of Maple and Brook. This podcast is a Christ-centered ministry reaching out to souls with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. But we need to pray for our churches. We need to pray for this church. Uh, we need to pray for uh, God's people that they'll open their eyes and see where the devil is really coming in and trying to sidetrack and derail. Uh, he's, he's our enemy. He's a manipulator. He's a liar. And uh, we need to really be on guard uh, for him. Uh, so I think the fact, uh, one fact that the book of Hosea demonstrates, and we're going to be in chapter 13, uh, one thing that we could relate to in our day and time is this. You know that the end is drawing nigh when people have forgotten the Savior. And if there's one thing that I could say about society today with relative certainty, is that a contradiction in terms? Let me just go ahead and say certainty. One thing I could say about society with certainty is that the Savior, Jesus Christ, has largely been forgotten by many today. Uh, It's no longer deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow Him but it's now affirm yourself, bypass the cross, and have Jesus follow you. And that's the stance that many have taken in our society today. And apart from some great and gracious act of mercy from God Himself, we might continue to see a plummet in the days and weeks ahead. This world has forgotten the Savior, and things have been quickly degenerating. But is this grounds... For depression, is this grounds for despair and discouragement and fear and anxiety? No, not at all. Because we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. I do believe that His return uh, could take place. I don't know when He's going to come back, but I do believe that it could be today. And uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, as we said. But thankfully, God still has a faithful remnant of Christian believers upon planet earth who are living their lives in order that he might be glorified and that his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. They haven't forgotten the Savior. They haven't forgotten the Lord Jesus Christ. He's still number one on their priority list and I sure am glad about that. Israel here in Hosea chapter 13 had forgotten the Savior. Generations of idolatry and generations of spiritual adultery had put them in a place where the Savior they had forgotten has now become their foe. How many of you know that a forgotten Savior is an awful foe, but He doesn't have to be your foe? If you'll turn to Him in faith and repentance, He'll be the dearest friend you'll ever know. He doesn't have to be your foe. He can be the dearest friend you'll ever know. And Israel here had let their last glimmer of repentance fade away as 
Their spirit dies in the womb of despair. So that's what's taking place in Hosea chapter 13. Life without the one true God is exactly that. It's a life of despair. And that's why some people who may be hearing this preaching today, whether it's online, on the radio, wherever they may hear this preaching today, some people are living in despair. And it's because they're living without God. That's why they're living without despair. God has shown His love for them in all that He's given, His great grace and His great mercy. But your response has been like that of Israel's response, and that is to run after everything else except the one true God who loves you with an undying love. You've got to walk in the light, friends. You've got to walk in the light and not run away from the light. Sadly, many people today are walking in darkness and not the light because they love darkness rather than the light. But we've got to walk in the light. There's light in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who hung on that blood-stained cross of Calvary and died for our sins. He's what every sinner needs, Jesus. He is what every sinner needs. In a world that has forgotten the Savior, I want you to know that repentance is still possible for you as long as you've got a breath in your body. There's still hope, friend. God will forgive your sins if you'll forsake this world and trust wholly in Him and Him alone. And with that said, let's read the first three verses of Hosea chapter 13. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding. All of it the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud and as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven out, driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. God's word plainly tells us that sin is the cause of death. That's the case for people in our day, and that was the case for Israel thousands of years ago. If verse number 1 of Hosea chapter 13 tells us anything, it makes it clear that there is a connection between sin and death. There is a connection there. This truth was laid out by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament also. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, uh, he wrote in that epistle some very familiar words that let us all know that the wages of sin is death. And I heard a pastor speak on Romans 6.23 several years ago concerning the wages of sin being death. And he spoke some profound words that put that verse in an entirely new context for me. An entirely new context that I hadn't considered. And I would say most of us who are listening here tonight who have been faithful churchgoers for a few years, at one point or another, you have heard... Romans 6.23 described as a sinner receiving a paycheck for his sin and the wage that he earns is death. For the wages of sin is death. But it, it's much more than that. 
It's much more than that. The language of Romans 6.23 conveys the idea not only that the sinner receives the wages of death, but also that the sinner will be paid every single penny on that paycheck that he deserves. He's not going to be shorted, not one red cent. He's going to receive every penny that he has coming his way. He'll get every penny that's due. So if you're an unrepentant sinner listening tonight who refuses to come to Jesus and to have your life cleaned up, and if you leave here today without getting right with God and you choose to deny the Lord Jesus Christ and live in your sinful ways, you're going to receive every penny that's due to you. And the Bible says that the wages that are coming to you is death. So there is a connection between sin and death that's present here in Romans 6.23 and it's also present in the Old Testament. So here's another thought uh, for us to consider tonight and this goes right along with the topic of sin and we've heard for years how that Israel uh, worshipped idols that were either cre created by man or devised by man and for this reason we could surely say that they were false gods you know man-made gods man-made gods are good for nothing a man-made god means more and more sin because think about it it's a sin to create a man-made god but it's even more sin when you go on and worship the god that you've created so that's what the Bible's referring to when it says they sinned more and more. That's exactly what verse 2 means. They sinned when they devised the false gods, and then they sinned even more by worshiping the false gods. It led to more and more sin. Men and women today are still devising false gods, but they don't stop there. They go on and they continue to worship those false gods, so they sin more and more. And somebody may ask the question, what is a false god? And I would answer uh, that it's anything you put in front of God. We've pretty well covered that, I think, here at this church. Whatever it may be, that becomes your god, and it's a false god. And here's some of the examples that we've given in the past. It could be another person. It could be a house. It could be a car. It could be a job. It could be a piece of jewelry. It could be a television program. It could be money, or just whatever it is that you place before God. Once your false God has been devised, you go on to worship that God by placing your dependence and your trust or your affection in that thing rather than the one true God. And this is exactly what Israel was doing. They depended upon the heathen nations and the heathen kings to provide for them instead of trusting the one true God who empowered them to begin with, the same God who had repeatedly time and time and time again shown them his undying love for them and his passion for them. We've got to trust the one true God and him alone, the one who loves us. Verse number four. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me. For there is no Savior but beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled. And their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard by the way I will observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps. That's just referring to the, babe, the, the babies. 
the cubs, if you will, and rend the call of their heart. And the call there is just simply the part of the body in the, around the chest that encapsulates the heart. And there will I devour them like a lion, the wild beast shall tear them. So here God is demonstrating and he's reminding Israel that he is the Savior. He is the one who set them free from the bondage in the land of Egypt. He is the one who provided food for them when there was no food. He's the one who provided water for them when there was no water. He's the one who helped them when there was no one else to help them. He's the Savior, but they've forgotten the Savior and chose other gods who have no power to save. May I say to you today, my dear friend, a God that cannot save is not a God worth having. A God that cannot save is not a God worthy of your trust at all. A God who cannot save is utterly useless. Why would we waste our time messing around with some worthless, utterly false God with no power to save? It's not really a God at all. It's a false God. Money may be the desire of millions of people today, but money will never save your soul from hell. Cars and houses and land and, and all of these things may be what drives millions and millions of people today, but cars and houses and land will never save a soul from hell. Buddha and Muhammad and Confucius may have influence over billions of people, but they'll never save your soul from hell. You say, preacher, I don't like that. Well, you're amidst a church that preaches Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. And either we believe that, or we don't. And my prayer is that we would all believe that here at the Free Gift Gospel Mission. And if peradventure maybe you don't believe that, well, that really would bother me. I would pray that God would convict your heart in such a fashion as to bring you to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible is God's Word and it is reliable and God is the true God. Jesus Christ is real. God is real. The Scriptures can be trusted and I've yet to hear a scholar, whether it be an atheist, a liberal Christian, a Muslim apologist, or anyone else along those lines, I've yet to hear one of these individuals speak a word against the Word of God that has not been soundly refuted and debunked. The only problem is you're not going to hear about that when you turn on the news. You cannot expect the world's news media machine to get behind the Christians. But let Bart Ehrman write another book criticizing the Bible and see how quickly it shoots to the top of the bestseller list. But I have a God who can still save. A God who can't save is not worth having. No other God is truly knowable. You can't truly know a God who hasn't spoken. You can't truly know a God who can't save. You can't truly know a God who hasn't revealed Himself and manifested His presence. But you can know the God of the Bible because He's done all of these things. He's the true God. He's the true Savior. And verse 6 lets us know that Israel set out to satisfy their natural appetites, which led to spiritual pride. Their heart was exalted, therefore they have forgotten me. Spiritual pride will lead to forgetting God. Pride has no place in the life of a child of God. Pride comes into our hearts and lives when we begin to forget about the Savior. A little boy and his younger sister were playing in a playroom one day when the growth chart 
slipped off the wall. And the little boy picked up that growth chart and he tried his best to take it and stick it back up on the wall in the right place. And uh, try as he may, he couldn't quite get it in just the right place. And he said, Mommy, Mommy, Susie's 40 inches tall. I know because I just measured her. And the mother said, That can't be. She's only three years old. What it was is despite his best effort to get that chart back in the right place, he placed it several inches below where it should have been. And you know, we're often guilty of making that same mistake when it comes to spirituality. Compared to some shorter scale, things are going to appear better for us than they really are. But I like what A.T. Robertson said. He said, it's only when we stand against the cross, that great leveler of men, then that's when it's going to cause us to think of things as they really are. And we're not going to be thinking more highly of ourselves than what we ought to. Christ Himself is the standard. Amen. Pride must be repented of and removed out of our lives. Then we get down on into verses 10 and 11. And here we see God challenging the kings and the judges and the princes of Israel to make a case. He's letting them know there's no king that doesn't hold office outside of God's consent. This is a truth we really need to hold on to today and be reminded of that. I'm going to say that again. There's no king... There's no prince and there's no judge that holds office outside of God's consent. God raises them up and God takes them down. And even today, our leaders are subject to the will of God. They're not more powerful than God is. They are subject to the will of God. They didn't rise to their positions by chance. They didn't rise to their positions for no purpose whatsoever. They didn't rise to their positions outside of God's plan and outside of God's control. And I take great comfort in knowing this truth. God's in control and things are going according to His plan and according to His will. Nothing's going to take God by surprise. God wasn't shocked and surprised when Mr. Obama became president. God wasn't surprised when he was reelected. God wasn't surprised when Mr. Trump became president. And God is not surprised that, that Biden is ascended to the place where he's at today. By hook or by crook, God is not surprised. It didn't take God by surprise. It didn't take God by surprise when the leaders of ISIS came into being. It didn't take God by surprise when Benjamin Netanyahu became the prime minister of Israel. I think we get the point tonight. Not at all. God's in control. And it's all going according to His order and for His glory. And when He's ready, He'll act. Look at verse number 12 and verse number 13. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is hid. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. Now I struggled with these two verses for quite a while. And let me sum up for you what I was able to conclude after much time of diligent study and much time of prayer. It's, it's like this. God doesn't forget the legacy of sin that's saved up for many years. Nothing will be forgotten that's not under the blood. 
Amen. Nothing will be forgotten that's not under the blood. But verse 13 here shows that Israel would rather die than to face the reality of their sin. He's an unwise son by comparison. The one and only hope the nation has for survival is to humble themselves as a child. That's their only hope. To humble themselves as a child. And the same is true for people today in 2021. If your life is a life full of sin, whatever it may be, God calls you to humble yourself. To come before Him in faith. With the faith of a child turning from sin and turning to the Savior and those who humble themselves, the Bible says they'll be exalted in due time. Verse number 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. This is speaking of an action that was commissioned by God. God's closing his eyes to them as death marches in. God is the one who's invoking death and destruction here. It's God who's doing that. To God, death and destruction are nothing more than enemies under His control. Enemies that have been overcome by His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55, he said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? God's in control of death and destruction. He's doing something notable here to bring Israel forth anew and afresh. Verse number 16 says, Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped up. Now that's strong language, and I'm going to sum it up like this. Sometimes things happen in life that lead to the guilty Suffering together with the innocent. Sin has entered into this world. And because we live in a world of sin. This is a fallen world. Thank you Adam. We live in a fallen world. We feel the effects of sin. And we experience all of us on some level. Some level of suffering because of it. We all experience some level of suffering. Because of sin. Now, you don't have to be a heinous murderer to suffer because of sin. We all know that. All you have to do is open your eyes and look around. But the wonderful news is that there is a gospel of grace. There is a gospel of grace. And that's how I want to end it for this Wednesday night. When we leave out of this place or when you click that video off and you go on to watch something else on Facebook, whatever the case may be, or the radio broadcast goes off, I want you to leave this service thinking about the grace of God. I want you to leave this service with your heart and your mind fixed on the grace of God. 
after all the idolatry and all of the wickedness and all of the spiritual adultery, what's going to happen after this is a new Israel is going to emerge. One that acknowledges sin. One that acknowledges guilt. One that acknowledges repentance. And they become a tree of beauty planted by God. That's what you find when you read on in the book of Hosea. Justification by faith plays a part in this. And all of this is possible only for one reason. And that reason is the grace of God. It's a message of hope. It's a message of grace. It's a message of love. It's a message of passion. Of a God who loves you with an amazing passion. With, a, with an unbridled love. Circumstances cannot change apart from God. No matter how bad things seem to be beyond repair in your life, God can change the circumstances. But He's the only one who can. You see, all things are possible with God. And if you're listening to this message tonight with a life of sin, your circumstances can change too, but you've got to come to Him by faith. You've got to repent and believe the gospel. You've got to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to come humbly before the one true Savior. Show Him that you haven't forgotten Him. Show Him that you still set Him at the top of your priority list and He'll not be your enemy. He'll be your dearest friend. And He'll do for you what nobody else could ever possibly do. And that's save your soul, set you free from sin and death, and just be the dearest friend that you ever had. That's Jesus Christ, and that's the God that we present unto you tonight. Thank you for listening to the Free Gift Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us online at www.freegiftgospelmission.wordpress.com. Our service times are as follows. Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. Morning worship is at 11 a.m. Sunday evening at 6 p.m. And Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, and we welcome all visitors. If you would like to correspond via email, you may email me, Pastor Bernhall, at freegiftgospelmission at yahoo.com, or you may write to Pastor Bernhall, 3301 Martin Farm Road, Johnson City, Tennessee, 37601. We look forward to seeing you at the Free Gift Gospel Mission, where the gospel is preached and the Lord Jesus Christ is praised. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.